Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Good to have you here. This is Kurt Mortensen, Maximize Your Influence Podcast 434, where we give you those insights, the scientific studies, the feedback, the observation, the things you need to know to learn the valuable life skills as a leader, manager, entrepreneur, or let's just say member of the human race. We all persuade and influence for a living. It's all a place we can improve, and again, my passion, something we should have learned in school. Hope things are going well, you're achieving your goals, you're taking a look, I mean really taking a look at the areas of your strengths and your weaknesses. Remember the old self-perception bias I talked about in Laws of Charisma that we just cannot rate ourselves. We're either usually way too high or way too low. We talk about listening skills, people skills, personal development, managerial skills, leadership skills, yeah, usually way too high. Yeah, 92% of managers rate their managerial skills as above average. Hello. Even when I teach persuasive presentations to executives, we show them that first presentation, get the ratings. No one can peg it. They're either usually way too high, you know, a little ego in there. Sometimes with the opposite of the ego, some low self-esteem, we get way too low. So just putting it out there. Thanks for being here. Appreciate all your feedback, love, and support. Remember, I can be reached at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com or go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. This is where you get more information on Influence University, the free book offer, take your free Persuasion IQ, whatever you need to know is right there. You could even contact me. I spent the week in San Francisco. Again, that city's starting to maybe, how could I put this, come back into my heart? Used to really love it there, but there have been some changes, things happening. So still not quite there, but getting better. And I did walk the streets, you know, finding the food. You can get room service, but it's not the same as going out. And there's some really good food, good restaurants in San Francisco. The interesting thing as I walked around is this one place always had a line. I'm like, what? It was a clothing store. You've probably heard about it before. And always a line. They had two security guards the whole uniform. looks like they had guns. They were probably taser guns. The mean-looking glasses, the RBF, right? The mean faces, not smiling. Only 10 people the store at a time. So does that cost business to wait? Uh, for me, it does. We're going to look at the psychology of that today, of making people wait. Should you make them wait? Should you make them season a little bit? Should you do a little takeaway? We'll talk about that in every aspect of influence, not just in a line. But this particular seminar, I was teaching advanced executive leadership. People had to be in leadership, prove they've been in leadership at a large company, a pretty large company for more than 20 years. What's interesting here, and I don't know how to take this, help me out, send me an email on this one. So it was a large class and everybody, well, most, there was some overlap, most from from different organizations, some were nonprofits. Some were in the beverage industry, some were in the petroleum industry, some were in the entertainment industry. So a lot of different industries, a lot of different companies, organizations, even some government. 
So I'm a hired presenter here. This is not my seminar. This is a separate company putting it on. But it was interesting. This was, I don't know name names here, but this was an American company putting on a seminar on executive leadership in the United States. And not one person in that room was from the United States. You know what that means? I don't know. I'm asking you. I've just seen that trend over the years where it's getting less and less, and now it was none. Is it nothing? I have no scientific research. I'm just making observation. I have no idea what's going on. Any thoughts, let me know. I just thought that was kind of odd. But it was a good group. Had a lot of fun. Did some great exercises. And, of course, got more leadership tools. Not managerial tools. Those are important. That's day-to-day, task-oriented, getting things done. But a leader's much different. Manager, you do it because you have to. A leader, you do it because you want to. That self-perception bias I talked about is that most managers think they're leaders. You know, I asked them to do something. They did it. I am a leader. (laughs) Think again. Anyway, let's move on and talk about the psychology of waiting in lines. When to make a callback. All the things we don't think about sometimes. I want to talk about what does it get to the point where you are losing business, prospects, customers, even your credibility. Now, I talked about this a while back. We were getting into the different from the lines of, say, an amusement park versus Starbucks. And Starbucks had some challenges of people leaving, not waiting in those lines. But me personally, I hate to wait, okay? I'm not a big person that'll wait. Disneyland drives me nuts. I mean, you got to do the fast pass. I know they don't have those anymore. But if you can get in line, get through lines faster. I mean, one of my greatest experiences, I was in Orlando teaching a seminar. And someone's like, let's go do, it was Universal Studios. And we were staying on site. And when you stay on site, you don't wait in line. You show me room key. And we did the whole park in like two hours. That's my style. <laughs> and also, this is me. People know this. I <laughs> come to their areas. Nice restaurant. They're all excited about it. Everyone talks about it. And they're like, oh, it's an hour wait. I'm like, no, let's just go to the fast food restaurant. Let's go over this place over here. <laughs> now, maybe if I'd been there before and I know it's worth the rate, and that's pretty rare for a lot of restaurants or there's like some historical or reason to be there. It's part of the city or the culture. Maybe. <laughs> But it's pretty much most of the time, maybe speed's a little more important in quality. And I know I probably should fix that. Probably should have a little more culture. But, you know, I don't. <laughs> so let's talk about this waiting. And we're not just talking about lines here. Because remember, attention spans are all time low. This could be your time to return a call or an email. The length of the Zoom call, the length of the seminar, length of the time to get to your point. The length to go through your sales copy or website or how complex it is. There's a lot of things to make people wait. Now, there is that thing to be said to make, you know, let it season a little bit, wait, the takeaway. But a lot of people are like, whatever, I have other options. I'm going to go someplace else. They're not willing to wait as much as they used to. And this could even be something time to receive product. If it's digital, people expect it right away. Amazon, it's there the next couple of days. FedEx, it's overnight. I mean, we're, we're getting to that point where we're not very patient. And so we can all work on this. I know we can. I know I can to where are there spots where I'm making people wait too long. Again, even do a response to an email. So what are the factors for waiting? I was kind of brainstorming this before we get to our geeky article. 
Let's think about the airport, because before we've talked about Starbucks and those lines, and you see the lines, you're waiting in line to get your ticket, the waiting in line for your, put in your luggage, in line for security, and then another line for Starbucks or coffee. Is it worth the wait? Now, when people have plenty of time to catch a plane, it's probably not a big deal. If they have nothing else better to do than wait in line, they can catch up on their, their news and on their cell phone and their social media. Another thing, too, is that a lot of people are addicted. They need their fix. You got to get it somewhere, and you can't bring liquid in. Now, there's a conspiracy theory for you. You're like, wait a minute. You can't bring liquid in, and you need liquid? Then that might be another podcast for another time. Maybe there's no other option in that part of the airport. Because if there's something next door that doesn't have a line, you think has the same quality or close to the same quality... Another thing, too, I think matters is your emotional or EQ level. I mean, if you're feeling a lot of negative emotions like frustration, resentment, fear, a lot of things that could reduce your time to wait, or their loyalty program, you know, you're too away from the free fill in the blank. And there's some personality type here, patience level of the person. Some personalities are much more patient than others. Now, before we get to our geeky scholarly article, let's talk about our Blunda Ninja Blinja of the week. It's going to be the store in San Francisco. Don't, don't, don't. Having people wait to enter the store by gunpoint. I know they're probably tasers, but I mean, these are security, mean looking security officers. Now, I get it the climate in San Francisco and other big cities. People are just coming in and they're smashing and grabbing and stealing. Get it, but making people wait. Get, I'm the type of person like. I'm not waiting. I'll go someplace else or I'll just get it online. Now, maybe, hypothetical scenario. Well, it's not hypothetical because it happens. It has happened many times. The airline has lost my luggage. I'm teaching a seminar the next day. I have nothing but shorts and a t-shirt. I need something a little nice for the audience I'm speaking to. Maybe I would wait. Probably I would wait. I'd have to find something in that situation to do that. So, Let's take a look at it. Is this uh, just a huge blunder turning away traffic? Or is it something that's special? They feel safer. Only a few people in the store. It's worth the wait. Is that a ninja? But let's get into some geeky Scarly articles. And again, these are posted at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. This is from QMinder. I'm talking about long waiting lines and times cost you sales. Right, people are excited, line's too long, don't want to wait, not worth it to them. And they go into the negative effect of long waiting times. And we all know with first impressions that one bad experience can scare away a customer forever. That's what they think about. And that's a tough one now too with supply chain problems and the workforce problems where a lot of restaurants just aren't getting enough people. They're not meaning to do it. They still need to make it right and set expectations. We've talked about that before. But they talked about the research that people are wired to remember negative experiences over positive ones. They talked about a study from Dr. Q at MIT University that if you get into those wait times, he calls them bad cues that they stick in their minds, lowers customer satisfaction, and can hurt the customers ever coming back. Now, an interesting study they talked about American Express that customers are the most are willing to wait 14 minutes before being served. And in one survey, that 75% of customers were lost due to waiting times. Now, is that waiting over the phone to get to customer service with that lame music? I think they're trying to fix that too with a 17-minute wait. Are you your fourth person to talk? Some are doing that. 
But this also includes a confusing in-store experience, online experience, taking too long for customers to leave. When people feel it's unfair, someone got the special line, the special treatment, somebody got there later and is in front of you, people are cheating, can cause that too. Because customers they talk about initially don't mind waiting, but as long as they become bored, they grow increasingly stressed and frustrated. And I talked about this before. We talked about amusement parks and Disneyland, how when you're distracted, you're amused, you're not as bored, it does not seem as long. But interesting part of their research shows that 50% of customers will wait in the queue despite feeling irritated. I've been there before. A lot of people will walk. So you're irritated, will never come back, but you want to get it done because you don't want to wait in line again. Can be part of that. So I didn't know when they're irritated, <laughs> jumping from line to line, trying to check it out. I've done that before. We were kind of waiting in three lines just to see which one's going faster, like at a, at a bank or at a supermarket. But then again, when you look at the numbers they talk about, if you're at a supermarket and there's 10 lanes, there's only a 10% chance you're choosing the right lane. But we try to jump in. We jockey for those spots. Some people get to the point where, hey, I'm not going to wait in that line. There's no way. And when do people get frustrated enough to leave? They talked about when it hits extreme stress, you hit the frustration. And remember, frustration comes from unmet expectations or even the perception time of being there. And usually the perception time of, of the wait, of how long it takes to do things. To get that return voicemail or, e or email is a lot longer when people are bored or they're really waiting for that information. So, of course, we talk keep them entertained, keep them engaged. What are different ways to do that? They mentioned there are different ways to make those lines enjoyable. And again, a lot of countries use queues, getting into the queue besides lines. So they talked about digital signage, TVs, entertaining program, things that are happening. We see that a lot at amusement parks where it's part of the ride. Things are happening. There are things to watch. And finding out more about what's really happening to the minor customer. Do they really feel like you're taking care of them? Now, the other article is really more about Starbucks. They realized they had a problem with long lines, things that are happening. And they talked about that the average person spends a year or two of their lives waiting in line, <laughs> waiting for other people. Yeah, that's not always good. But Starbucks found that people were getting frustrated with the wait times. They love the product, love the service. They wanted to be loyal, but it was just too long. And people were walking away looking for other options or just making it at home. So there's an expectation there about how fast that line's going to go. And I look at places like Wendy's or if you're in the West Coast, In-N-Out Burger, how they do have long lines, but the customer knows that they do go fast. So Harvard professor David Meister said there's three things you got to look at when people are waiting. Again, this is not just lines. This is return emails, the length of a presentation, a lot of different things. That expectation of just wasting time, too much time, can go a long way. So he talks about SPE, S for satisfaction, P for the perception, and E for the expectation. So that's what you're looking for. Are they satisfied with what they waited for? The perception of the wait and it needed to happen and the expectation of what they thought was going to happen, especially that it doesn't turn into frustration. And here's a big piece of this. William James, who's a philosopher, said, boredom results from being attentive to the passage of time itself. <laughs> because when you're occupied doing stuff, time feels shorter. But when things are unoccupied and you're thinking about time and you're focused on that passage of time, 
things get out of control. So again, that distraction, managing those expectations, what is the perception of what's going to happen? How fast do they expect to fill out that form to get a return phone call can all be part of that. And sometimes it's just getting the process started, doing a little something, something, is that the scientific term? Like just before dinner, at least getting the drinks, at least getting the menu, at least getting a seat, at least getting things started, at least filling out a form. Depending on the situation, just start the process. Even expect it to be long, at least they're started. So why Disneyland with the distraction, other amusement parks, you look into the line, it doesn't look that long, and you go to this little room, and you're going through your lines, and then you turn the corner, and you're like, a whole other room of lines? But at least you're started, you're being distracted, you're being entertained, and things are happening. Another interesting piece here is that uncertain weights, maybe like a doctor in a waiting room, you're not sure how the delay is going to be, or when people are going to get back to you, are a lot longer and are more painful than... When you know it's going to be 20 minutes, when you know you're going to sit there for 60 minutes, when you know exactly when you can prepare your mind for that, that makes a huge difference also. So that anxiety, the unknown, can also hurt the results from that waiting. Another piece of that too, what I mentioned, when it's unfair, someone has cut, someone got that special line at the airport, the special service, that can trigger people to get upset at you. And on the flip side that I don't agree with that (laughs) when you know it's worth the wait at that restaurant, at that nightclub, you know you're going to get good service at that rental car agency, whatever it is, a lot more people are willing to wait. So another one I thought that was interesting, waiting in groups. Like if you're in a nightclub or you're going somewhere and you're in a group at a restaurant and you're talking, you're mingling and drinking, you're doing some things, that passes the time much faster than when you're by yourself. So think about what can you do? More distractions? Can you do better at the anticipation? Maybe they don't see the whole line. Can you do better at managing their expectations? So the reality is this is an issue of perspective. Are they going to be satisfied? Is it worth the wait, the perspective? What are their expectations? So remember, I don't just talk about lines or those cues. Returning a call, email, length of a Zoom call, not getting to the point, beating around the bush, reading your sales copy, going through your website, things being too complicated, too complex. They expected a 30-minute presentation, you're going 60. They expected the product overnight and it took a week. It was digital and took, instead of taking that two minutes, it took two hours. Whatever it is, we can all work on the psychology of waiting, making our prospects wait. We have to be very careful in this arena. Again, Starbucks had the same problem, so did some other companies. They're like, yeah, people will wait. They will for a while. And some of your really loyal customers will. But hey, why violate expectations? Why lose customers? Why increase frustrations if you don't have to? So what do you think? That store in San Francisco waiting in line for, I would say, a mid-level clothing company was it people felt more secure, only 10 at a time, it's worth the quality, they were more than willing to make that wait, maybe, I don't know, I didn't interview the line, I'm letting you make the call here, or I'm not waiting, I'm going someplace else, I'm not going to wait in this line. So there you go, that is our podcast of the week, think about something, we can all improve here, 
Is it the length of a break? Is it the length of lunch? Too long, too short? What's going on? What can we do differently? Returning emails with the expectations, returning phone calls, whatever it is. So get better at it. So appreciate you being here. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, tell your family, friends, and enemies. We're under Maximize Your Influence on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and the website Maximize Your Influence. Make sure you go to there take your free Persuasion IQ assessment to find out where you rank, your strengths, your weaknesses, and I've got a bonus just for doing it. So find out. Let's improve. Let's become more persuasive, more influential. Let's become better negotiators. Let's improve our mindset, our self-leadership, as we talked about this week. So master these skills. Become more influential. Become a better leader. Get more yeses. That manages your time better. And go out and persuade with power.